Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome in to Duval Daily presented by GenJag.com. Happy to be here with y'all after a long weekend. I was up in New Hampshire. Glad to be back. Check my settings, make sure we're looking good here. Sounding good. Glad to hear it. All right. Tuesday, August 16th, the Jaguars did take on the Cleveland Browns on Friday night. We are doing a little live stream here. For those of y'all listening on the podcast platforms of your choice, Jaguars took on the Cleveland Browns Friday night, did not come out with a victory in that preseason game, but as as most of you know, or should know, the final results of preseason games, not exactly the most important thing when you're talking about the scoreboard. It's about what the individual players did, how they responded from the week before, um, and and how the team is kind of gelling as a whole. I think there were a lot of positives to take away from this one. We're going to keep this stream fairly positive from my end, from, from the points I want to bring up. But for any of y'all out there who want to talk about anything Jaguars, drop your comments in the chat, and I will do my best to tackle your questions, comments, concerns, etc. But for me, for this show, I'm looking at the standouts. From the Jaguars 24 to 13 loss in preseason week one, which of course was the Jaguars' second preseason game as they took on the Raiders in the Hall of Fame game the week prior. Us and them says good morning. Duval, absolutely. Good morning, everyone. Jaguar Man says, I think we're slowly improving each week. I definitely think you saw improvement. I'm with you there. Um, from preseason week zero in the Hall of Fame game to Preseason week one against the Browns. Lots of improvements. Like to remind everybody to uh, go ahead and like and subscribe here on YouTube if you're watching. And uh, that really helps us grow the channel. Helps me, um, you know, continue to improve and and, and make better streams and better videos for y'all. So I really appreciate your support. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo relevant or excuse me. You can follow Relevant as well. I do live streams over there Mondays and Wednesdays at 2 p.m. I've got another one coming up later today. I uh, had to switch it to Tuesday with my travel schedule. I'll be on there at, at 2 p.m. today, Tuesday, August 16th, talking five up, five down from the Jaguars preseason game and their live practice that was inside TIAA Bankfield last night. We can talk about that a little bit here. I was not able to attend. I was supposed to arrive from Boston. Uh, We drove over to Boston to fly back down to Jacksonville, and that was a mistake. We're supposed to leave at 1.30. We did not end up leaving till 7 p.m. So 
was not able to get back for practice, unfortunately. But John Shipley and a bunch of other great folks had you covered with everything you needed to uh, glean from practice, including Trevor Lawrence's completion numbers, 21 of 27 in the team portion of that practice. He looked really good at a couple touchdowns. One, one turnover-worthy throw. Tyson Campbell probably should have taken it the other way. But overall, a good practice, you know, under the lights at TIAA Bankfield last night, from what I could take away. Again, not being there. Austin Them says, I think we have depth issues, but our ones looked pretty good to me. I think that's fair. Semi-truck driver checking in saying, big dog. How is Cisco? Cisco is good. I think if you're if you're referring to the injury. He did have to pop out after a tackle on Monday night's practice, but he got back into the practice pretty quickly and he should be good to go. <laughs> Semi-truck driver says thoughts on Justin Fields preseason. Maybe we'll look at that here in a little bit. I have not studied his preseason, to be honest. Again, I was on vacation from Thursday to yesterday. Not caught up on everything going on around the NFL. I've done my best to keep up, but I haven't studied Justin Fields yet and his preseason performances. But let's go ahead, go ahead and get into some of these Jaguars standouts. I think one of the biggest areas that needed to show improvement in this one uh, was the defensive front. You know, the the down linemen and the linebackers against the run um, really struggled against the Raiders big time. They, they were struggling, um, fitting their gaps, controlling their gaps, controlling their their man, and then just making tackles at the second level with the linebackers. I thought that um, Roy Robertson-Harris and Devon Hamilton played so much better than they played uh, in the first preseason game. They were both kind of getting blown off the ball in the first preseason game against the Raiders. This time they were they were getting pressure, they were getting pen, penetration, and and when they needed to, they were stacking and able to shed at the right time to make plays. So that was really encouraging because those are two guys that have played well in practice. You know they have the talent to get the job done. They're going to be relied on as starters in this base defense. Devon Hamilton at nose and Roy Robertson Harris at defensive end, uh, and they needed to play a lot better than they did the first first time out and then you look at Foley Fatu Kasi who got in his first game action as a Jacksonville Jaguar and I think his presence helped them out a lot as well also lining up at defensive end opposite Roy Robertson Harris and again Devon Hamilton in the middle there they looked really good against the run um, now did you see Kareem Hunt did you see Nick Chubb no but the Browns' third runner, Dearness Johnson, I believe is his name. He's a guy that popped off last year when there was injuries in the Browns' backfield. So this is a guy who has experience and has talent, quite frankly. Really did some good things for the Browns when he was uh, when he was tasked with getting into the game last year. So I think that not only from a defensive front standpoint, the defensive line, but looking at those off-ball linebackers, you got Foye Luke in his first game time, and Chad Muma was still in there with the starters as Devin Lloyd um, is supposed to be getting back into doing some team drills this week. 
after suffering the hamstring injury just at the very beginning of training camp. UCF Jaguars checking in. What's up, Jordan? How we doing, Dalton? Happy to have you in here. Us and them says everybody's hopping on the Zay train. I've been driving it since we signed him. That's great. And I know it's, you know, for fans, you got to get excited about the players that the Jaguars sign. But yeah, Zay has certainly established a connection with Trevor Lawrence over the last couple of weeks. It's it's looking good. And this is a guy who has always had size, speed, athleticism, massive production in college, just hasn't quite found his way into being a featured player full-time in the NFL yet for various reasons, but he's focused. He's locked in with Trevor. Uh, he's bringing a lot of professionalism to the table while also bringing plenty of personality, which is always fun. John John says, I've been jonesing for this. Wow. You can walk yourself out, John. No, I'm just kidding. That's a great little dad joke there. Love it. Um, so, yeah, I thought the defensive front overall just played much better. Aluakin played better, and I think, excuse me, he didn't play better. Getting him on the field, I think, allowed everyone else to play better. This is someone who is going to end up being the Jaguars green dot player, and he's going to, when he's on the field, he's going to be someone who can get everyone organized, get them lined up where they need to be lined up, communicate the play call, and uh, and and just get everyone where they're supposed to be, get everyone firing in the right direction. He did that in this game. And then you also saw Chad Muma play much better, which I kind of told y'all, do not write this guy off after one preseason game. He's a rookie out of Wyoming. Give him some time to acclimate, to settle in, and and you saw him play much better. He made plays in the backfield. He made plays at the line of scrimmage. Then you jump into the practice last night. He got a sack on Trevor Lawrence. This is a player who is going to start in the NFL for a long time. It's just not going to be in 2022, barring the I-word uh, to, to the players in front of him on the depth chart. You've still got almost a month for Devin Lloyd to get fully healthy, which I don't think will be a problem. He's been taking mental reps. He's been taking individual reps. Um, so I'm not too worried about Devin Lloyd getting up to speed. But you would like to see Devin probably get in a preseason game before the start of the regular season just to get some live action prior to jumping into a game against the, the Washington Commanders. But yeah, very impressed with the defensive front. The starters were Robertson-Harris, Devon Hamilton, Foley, Fatu, Kasi. They dominated. And then, of course, getting into the edge players with Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker. Uh, they were kind of racing to the quarterback in this one a little bit. And you'll love to see that, obviously. Trayvon Walker continues to just look like the number one pick, honestly. Uh, the, he's playing good football. He's big, he's physical, he's fast, he's dom just dominating. Uh, and he's not dominating play in and play out. But for a young player who's transitioning into playing outside linebacker full-time for the first time, he just looks the part. He's doing it the right way. Him and Josh Allen are tied at the hip, and they're trying to be tied at the hip getting to the quarterback together. You saw them get some pressure on Deshaun Watson. Very encouraging stuff there. Uh, they did not record a sack, but there was plenty of pressure 
on the Browns quarterbacks, especially in the first half. You'll love to see it. All right. Us and them says Hamilton blew up that center who got hurt and the, then Cleveland had their seventh round rookie go, go down. Yeah. This morning. So yeah, Cleveland definitely is going to need to figure what, figure out what they're going to do moving forward at center. Michael says, how can you put Lloyd in front of Muma? Both are rookies and only one has played. Because he's in front of Muma on the depth chart, because he was a first-round pick, because the Jaguars traded up for him, uh, and because overall, I think anybody who was evaluating linebackers coming out in the draft this year had Lloyd a good bit in front of Muma. Devin Lloyd was my 12th overall player, top linebacker. Muma was my second linebacker. But I had him as a early second round pick, not a first round pick. So just draft pedigree, um, what he was able to prove throughout the spring, uh, how the Jaguars feel about him and his overall talent level. He's going to be the starter next to um, next to Foye and when he's healthy, bottom line. Semi-truck driver says, can we get an airport review as well? Well, I mean, Boston Logan Airport, we were there for like, 12 hours yesterday. So anytime you're in any airport for 12 hours, I don't think the review is going to end up being very good. So I'll just pass up on that. I feel you pain says, what's up, Jordan, in your opinion, has there been any backup O line slash D line that has stood out to you? Yes. And I'll talk about that here in a little bit as we keep going through these standouts. Us and them says that hold against Walker would have likely been a sack. Yeah. Yeah. They were getting pressure. Like I said, and and Walker did draw that holding call. Semi truck driver says, "Sorry to get you charged up about the backer out of Chicago. I'm not charged up about anything right now. I'm happy to be here. We've got. What's your thoughts on our O line? Are you encouraged or concerned? We can talk about the starting O line right now. I think Pass Pro um, was fantastic when Trevor Lawrence was in the game." with those starting offensive linemen. They looked really good. He had plenty of time to throw the ball. Um, you saw them getting out and doing some some rollouts, some boot stuff, and, and that looked really good from an offensive line movement and cohesion standpoint. Trevor looked comfortable doing it. I would say there was a couple busts in the run game where they either just did not create any any holes for ETN to run through or um, they just missed an assignment a couple times off the left side. There was just a free runner in the backfield uh, immediately after Travis ETN got the ball. But I do think there was a couple times where ETN missed a, a crease, missed a hole and he was just a little antsy out there. But yeah, the, the first string offensive line, I'm very encouraged, especially in pass pro and in the running game, that's just going to take more reps really. Um, it's really a feel like you got to know where your guy's going to be next to you. Um, and I think you saw some some big time flashes from that that run blocking, run blocking from the um, starting offensive line. But you also saw a couple where it was like, all right, we need to just make sure we're on our P's and Q's here. Um, and And as they play more together, I think you'll see that come together more. Um, Jaguar man says, I think we'll lose the whole to the whole AFC West. They're too good this year. It's possible, but the Raiders in Jacksonville is helpful, right? You like that. That's, that's a game in Jacksonville. 
I know you're traveling to Kansas City and you're traveling to um, Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. Those two are going to be really tough, obviously. Raiders won't be a cakewalk in Jacksonville. The Raiders will be favored probably by a good bit, but but um, you know, being in Jacksonville, West Coast team traveling to the East Coast a little later in the season, um, I think the Jaguars might have a chance in that one. And then you take on the Broncos in London, which we'll see. I'm not sold that the Broncos and Raiders are definitely going to make the playoffs. So we'll see about that. All right. John says Tyler or Little. Are we talking Taylor or Little? Get back to me on that one. I'm assuming you are. Us and them says with the Ravens releasing Corey Clement and him being a former Doug running back, should we consider him for depth being he would already know the offense? So this isn't entirely Doug's offense. I do agree with you. He has familiarity with Doug, and and he was a, a Super Bowl star when Doug Peterson and the Ravens or and the Eagles won the Super Bowl back in 2017. But I do think the Jaguars like what they have at running back. But no, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in Corey Clement. I mean, could he outperform Makai Sargent, uh, Rock Armstead? Yeah, I do think the Jaguars are set with their top three, though. When you talk about Travis Etienne, James Robinson, who is incredibly close to getting back on the field um, in a full-time capacity and and also um, Snoop Connor. Jax Air says, hey, Jordan, how has EJ Perry looked in camp? Are the Jags going to bring in another camp arm? I don't think they're going to bring in another camp arm. They did release Jake Luton yesterday. I don't think EJ Perry's looked great, but he also hasn't had much time in camp. I mean, he got injured at the start of camp. They waived him injured or non-football injury. And then they brought Slaughter in a couple weeks later, you know, move on from Slaughter, bring EJ Perry back when he's healthy. So it's just too early to really tell. But I think the Jaguars like his athleticism. They like his playmaking and, um, you know, he's a potential practice squad player. John says, uh, typo, sorry, yeah, which in your opinion is better? Uh, between Jawan Taylor and Walker Little. I would take Walker Little. I'll probably make a longer video on that subject, but I will tell you for sure I'm, I am I would put Walker Little in as the starter at right tackle and have Jawan Taylor as your backup right tackle. And then if something were to happen over on the left side, you bring in uh, Walker Little, you switch him from the right to the left side because he has so much experience on that side. And then you just put Jawan back at right tackle. That's what I would do, how I would handle it. Uh, we'll see what the Jaguars are going to do. I really, I think they're leaning in that direction. I just think they wanted to give Jawan a fair shake this offseason. And, and training camp, it did not help him that he got injured, but it is what it is. I would definitely be leaning towards Little, but I think I'm going to make a video about that um, later on. Kyle says, are we going to keep three or four running backs? Don't know. That's one of the great things about Doug Peterson. He is not dogmatic or stuck in his ways when it comes to uh, keeping X amount of players at X position. If he thinks that that this, this position is loaded and he doesn't want to lose one of these players, then he's going to keep the players he needs to. Like He could keep five receivers. He could keep six. He could keep seven. Um, he could keep three running backs. He could keep four running backs. He's going to be um, 
rolling with the punches when it comes to roster construction. He's going to adjust. It's not just going to be the same amount of players at each position every year. Um, now, if I had to guess, are they keeping three or four running backs? I would guess. I would guess three. But they could keep four. I think Armstead and, and Sargent have both done enough to to keep a spot. Will they? I'm not sure. There's a lot of competition and a lot of spots on the roster. Zach's checking in saying, has Muma really shown the growth that is talked about on Twitter since first preseason? Yeah. He came out, he had a great week of practice, and then he's one of the players I, I circled down here on my standouts because he did need to improve. Uh, like I said earlier, he made plays in the backfield. He made plays at the line of scrimmage. He looked... Um, he looked like he was a fish out of water a little bit in the first week. He had some nice plays, had some some plays where he just looked lost. He did not look lost in this game. He looked like he knew what he was doing. He looked like he was being uh, playing smart, playing fast, playing aggressive. And that's the Chad Muma you saw in college and at the Senior Bowl and and the athlete that you saw at the Combine. So, yeah, he, he definitely did show improvement. And I think he's going to be a starter for a long time in the NFL. John says, how's the battle been in the press box? There was a Doug P conference where y'all were battling to get questions asked. I am not um, going to the games and sitting in the press box. It's just not what I'm the, the way I'm trying to cover the team. Uh, I certainly, and, and the press box is not where you ask press conferences. I wouldn't really say there's a big battle. I mean, people want to get their questions asked. I think everyone, for the most part, is getting their questions asked. Uh, if that's where you're, um, that's where you're going with that, John. Jaguar man says we got to beat the Titans and Texans this year. Tired of losing to them. Yeah, Jags have not beaten the Texans since Deshaun Watson's first game in the NFL. And as for the Titans, yeah, they've really struggled against the Titans for quite some time. Us and them says, I love seeing the video of Coach Peterson in practice with Arnold when Arnold asks, how does Ertz do it? Then Doug walks him through it and explains, yeah. Yeah, Doug is going to be able to pass on wisdom. He's going to be willing and able to do that in a lot of these situations with a lot of these different positions. UCF Jack says, how does YouTube compare to writing? I prefer, I prefer making videos and podcasts. Um, and especially I love doing these live streams. I, I love doing the uh, videos and podcasts that are just more focused and not live streams, but I love doing the live streams too, because it's really fun to interact with everyone on here and, and create more of a community feel. How does it compare to writing? It's a little bit less precise. Like when I'm writing, every sentence has to be perfect. I'm not repeating words often. I'm trying to keep it very eloquent. Um on the videos and podcasts, I'm also trying to keep it fresh and do a really good job here, but you just don't have to be quite as precise in, in the language, I would say. All right, so we've talked about Muma. We've talked about the defensive front. We've talked about pass protection and run blocking up front. John's checking in saying, we appreciate both of y'all. Thanks for the content. Absolutely. If y'all are not following UCF Jaguar, I don't know what you're doing. Go follow him. Uh, he he is an excellent Jaguars content creator. 
Great follow on Twitter as well. UCF likes to have some fun over there. So talking specifically about Travis Etienne. Etienne, I think I mentioned this earlier, he had a couple runs where he just looked antsy and a little rusty. Uh, One where he tried to pop it right when there was definitely a little crease to the left side. And that's, in my opinion, a product of not doing this in a very long time. Yes, they have had live reps in practice, and that did help him get ready for this. But being under the lights in a stadium with fans cheering and and a bunch of guys across the line of scrimmage from you who want to rip your head off. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a different experience. Now, on a couple of those plays, he did look antsy, a little rusty, needs to be a little bit just more decisive on those plays. But for the most part, I think ETN looked really damn good. You saw the explosiveness. You saw the contact balance, the speed through the hole. When he did just have these decisive runs where he hit the hole and went with it, you saw the speed and and the explosiveness. And again, that contact balance, that's going to make him really difficult for defenses to deal with in the NFL. Now, on the first drive, I believe, it was the first or second drive, ETN dropped a pass, a little check down from Trevor on an out uh, that would have picked up some yardage in the red zone that the team really needed. Disappointing to see him miss that, right? But then the very next drive on third down, a play that Jaguars desperately needed, Trevor has the confidence to go right back to him in a similar situation. He picks up the first down, and you love to see that, that Trevor did not lose confidence in him, that he didn't lose confidence himself, compound the issue by dropping the ball again or not making the play again. He bounced back, and that's what you need to see from young players when they make a mistake, bounce back, and correct it. And he did that. I think. Um, there's been some talk too about like ETN not being able to run up the middle. And while he wasn't as decisive on a couple of those plays as he needed to be, there just wasn't a lot of push up the middle on a lot of those plays from the offensive line. I mentioned this. I don't think the offensive line was as good blocking it up for the running game as they were in pass protection, the starters this game. I think it's just going to be a work in progress. ETN's got to feel that offensive line. That offensive line's got to feel him. He's got to get back to being comfortable um, in these live games. And uh, I think he will. I mean, this is a natural runner. You've seen it throughout his career. You've seen it in practice. He's going to get back to it. But overall, seeing him bounce back with that catch on third down was great. Seeing a couple of those runs where you see the speed and contact balance, very good stuff there. So I'm very encouraged by Travis Etienne's debut in Doug Peterson's offense. Trevor Lawrence, you know, Jaguars quarterback, first overall pick in 2021. Uh, The franchise, really. I mean, this franchise is going to go as Trevor Lawrence goes for the next chunk of years, at the very least. How did Trevor Lawrence look? You look at the box score, not that impressive. Six of 12, right? 95 yards is good on six completions. Had the touchdown, no interceptions, no sacks. Nice quarterback rating. But um, that's not really how I evaluate performances from quarterbacks, especially. I thought he looked damn good. Um, He missed Zay over the middle once. 
Then he tried to force one into Laquan Treadwell on the goal line when Evan Ingram was open in the back of the end zone. But other than those two throws and maybe one where I think he could have worked his progression a little quicker and gotten to Chris Manhurts a little quicker, still ended up being a, a completion, a nice completion over the middle of the field. Other than that, I think he looked really, really good, really sharp, right? Uh, first play of the game, he's aggressive with Zay Jones, you know, uh, taking a shot 32 yards down the field. And then you saw him with a few other completions. You had uh, one rolling out to his right that looked good. One of the areas that um, that Lawrence struggled a little bit in his rookie year was rolling left and delivering passes on the move rolling to his left. You saw him deliver a perfect strike to Zay Jones in that exact scenario in this game, which is very encouraging. You want to see that from Trevor, no question. I just thought he looked comfortable in control. The offense was working. It was humming for the most part uh, with those ones in there. They had three drives, scored on all three possessions. Would you like to score two touchdowns in three red zone trips? Yes. They got one touchdown and two field goals instead. But scoring 13 points on three drives, you'll take that. Yes, it wasn't against a bunch of starters. It, It doesn't matter. It was preseason. They did what they needed to do in most of those situations. Yes, you want to get one more touchdown. You know, make it uh, 17-0 instead of 13-0. But uh, it was a very encouraging performance from the first-team offense, from Trevor Lawrence. I think him and Zay Jones, talking about Zay Jones, their connection has really just lit up over the last week and a half or so throughout practice and then into the preseason game. And then last night as well, Zay Jones was very active, caught a touchdown pass from Trevor Lawrence. That connection's heating up, and I'm not going to sit here and call it it's going to be the Zay Jones breakout year, but based on what we've seen over the last week or so, they're going to be connecting a lot. Is it going? Is that connection going to work once they're working against starters in the regular season? We'll find out. But so far, so good on the Trevor Lawrence to Zay Jones front. And Christian Kirk has been doing very good as well. Uh, he did not play in the preseason game with the ankle, but he's back healthy now. And I expect him to be the Jaguars' leading receiver. I expect Zay Jones to maybe be second, though. They are targeting him early, often, all over the field. He's lining up as their X receiver, and he's creating some separation. Again, six foot two, over 200 pounds. He ran a 4 4 40. Uh, he's made plays throughout his career in Buffalo and with the Raiders, but never gotten a full time opportunity to be a, a featured starter. The Jaguars are giving him that opportunity here, and it looks like he's taking advantage of it. He's going to have to do it in the regular season, of course. All right, we can check in on a couple comments here. Kyle says, my boss at work just asked me if he should take ETN in his fantasy draft. I told him it would be high risk, high reward. Any thoughts? Depends on where you're getting him. Certainly does. Um, I, I think if you're getting him... In the fourth round, you can feel really good about that. Third round and higher, I do think there's a little bit more risk involved there. All right, I feel your pain, says in the mic'd up video when Doug said sometimes the defense will struggle, you see Josh Allen in the back shaking his head. No, I like the attitude. Yeah, 
Josh Allen is not making any excuses this year. He wants to be the best player in the league, wants to be the best defensive player in the league. He's going for it. And and in practice, I think he's been arguably the best player. Consistently getting would-be sacks pretty much every practice for Josh Allen. Jaguar man says, I think Snoop Connor is boomer bust. I'm not sure what you mean by that. If you would like to expand on that, I'd be happy to tackle that comment. Listen, them says ETN likes his spin move like Trayvon Walker likes his bull rush. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think ETN will get, he'll get into the swing of things. He'll get his feet. He got his feet wet. Um, against the Browns, and I think he'll get more comfortable as the preseason goes on and then getting into the regular season. Kyle says, Snoop Connor will hopefully be a goal line running back would be ideal for us if we stay healthy. I think if I think James Robinson, if you're in on the goal line, is going to be your goal line running back. John says, I think Connor has the ability to be a solid underrated back. It's always hard in a back by committee situation. I don't think it's been... I think he's looked good, honestly. Zach is whack, says, yo, cut Chase on. No. I'm going to go ahead and tell you all right now, I think Caleb on Chase on had a good game. I think he showed improvement against the Browns. He was getting some pressure in the backfield. Him and Jameer Jones were lined up across from each other a lot, and they were kind of racing to the quarterback for a couple drives there. I'm not sitting here... Telling you, Caleb on Chason needs to be a featured role player for the Jaguars this year, but he's showing improvement and he's not going to get cut. Um, he's their third outside linebacker right now. Bottom line. And Jameer Jones also stood out to me, uh, again, rushing across from Caleb on Chason. They were both getting after the quarterback there. And then uh, Arden Key as well. That's probably your top rotational rusher right now. He and Dewan Smoot going to come in on the inside and in those third down packages where you're just trying to create pressure. And uh, they've been doing a good job of that so far. Patrick says it felt to me like Lawrence was hesitating because he's not used to his receivers getting open after last season. That should come good as, as trust builds with the new receiving core. I don't think he was too hesitant at first. I kind of was making that comment, but after I look, went and looked back, I think he was just working through his reads I think he can work through his reads quicker still. That's the one thing I'll say. And just be more decisive with the ball at times. But overall, he looked very good. Jack Sarah says, Bull take Trevor will be wildly cons- widely considered a top five quarterback by the end of the year. <laughs> that would be probably the greatest jump we've ever seen from year one to year two. But I do think Trevor is going to be a guy you can talk about as a potential top 10 quarterback after this season. I am with you there. I just don't think top five. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Tom Brady. Like, I don't know if we're getting there yet. We'll see. Robert says if Trevor would have led Zay on that first play, that could have been a touchdown. Maybe. I thought it was a decent throw. Went up and got it. I was happy with the results on that one. Jaguar man says it always feels good to know that your team is getting along on and off the field and you see your team succeed and improve every week. Yeah. They brought in a bunch of like-minded players. That was a focus for this regime, this off season, bringing in people that are 
good people, good teammates, football focused, family focused. That's what you're seeing. And, and so you've got a bunch of like-minded individuals trying to come together and work towards a common goal. You need that in football. I'm not saying you need all choir boys, but you need people that'll come uh, put their hard hat on, study their asses off, work their asses off, and work towards a common goal, a team goal, instead of personal goals. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> Jack Horman says, Boomer bust means he's good or sucks. <laughs> I'm aware of what the term boomer bust means. Uh, I just don't know how, you're, how that is an analysis of Snoop Connor. I think he's, I've talked about it a lot. He's impressed me. I think he, at, at the very least, with this current Jaguar setup, is going to prove to be an effective third running back for the Jags. If he needs to come in and take a lot of carries for an injury, if he needs to catch passes out of the backfield, go in and pass pro, get short yardage, I think he's going to be a well rounded young back for the Jaguars. It's Vic says Phil Rauscher during that mic'd up video was nuts. I wish I could see him every day. That guy. Yeah. Seeing him every day. He is. A, he's a lot of fun and he brings positivity. He's loud, but it's in a positive way for the most part. Um, I, I'm a big fan and he just loves what he does. You can see that for sure. Patrick says Jameer Jones was very disruptive. Impressive. Yep. He was. Patrick says was impressed by Makai Sargent as well. Yeah. Sargent's looked good. He's only five foot eight, two hundred eight pounds. He's a small running back, but I think he's got enough thickness to him, enough muscle to probably hold up. And yeah, I've I've been a fan of him. I think he's doing a lot of things well for them. Zach is wax. I just don't like what Chase on said about putting the fifth about which quarterback each other have out of. I don't know what you're trying to say there, but we're talking about football here. And they're not getting rid of Caleb on chase on unless someone comes knocking, knocking at the door with a trade offer. He's their third. He's their third outside linebacker right now. Us and them says, I thought Lawrence got a little too fired up and overthrew a couple of I mean, he really only overthrew one that I remember. I thought he looked good. Zach is said chase on rather have burrow. Screw that. Okay. I hear you. Jaguar man says, I hope we don't have to see Jake Luton that much this year because it's a disaster. Jake Luton got cut yesterday. He got waived by the team. So you're not going to have to worry about that at this point. Zach says, other than Dougie P, what coach is making the biggest difference from the train wreck that was last year? That's a great question. I don't have a good answer for you right now. Focused on the Jaguars too much. If you want to bring up specific coaches and ask me, I can do that for you. I feel your pain says Chris Manhurts looks more elusive and faster this year. I don't think so. <laughs> I think he looks like, you know, a typical blocking tight end. 
Kyle says, I've been very, very happy with how Doug has been keeping the team organized. We haven't had a lot of penalties in the preseason. I agree with you that the mental mistakes have been kept to a minimum, like pre-snap and all that. They look like they know what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> um, all right. I don't need to talk about the Joe Burrow thing anymore. I just, I'm not worried about that at all. All right. Getting back into our standouts. Talked about Arden Key. He kept getting pressure. I mean, he's he, he and Dewan Smoot as the rotational rushers for the Jaguars is such an underrated aspect of this roster. Having those two in the middle with Josh Allen and, and Trayvon Walker on the outside. I love it. I love it in those third down pass rushing situations. When you're looking at the back end of the roster at the wide receiver spot, you've got Jeff Cotton competing. You've got Tim Jones competing. Uh, Laquan Treadwell, I don't think, has locked in a roster spot yet or at this point. But I would say it's between those three. If the Jaguars are going to keep six receivers, they're probably fighting for that sixth spot. The one who stood out the most in this one was Tim Jones. Um, in a positive way, he caught pretty much everything thrown his way, was able to pick up some yards and, and get it done in the fourth quarter. Jeff Cotton drew a couple pass interference penalties, which is great. You love to see that. But he was also not nearly physical enough when Martin Emerson picked off C.J. Beathard and returned it to the house. You cannot let a, a cornerback play through your body like that. You've got to play more physical and at the very least make that an incompletion, not an interception and pick six. You got to do a better job on that one. I like Jeff Cotton. I like the athleticism he brings to the table, the size, but that was a crippling, crippling play for the Jaguars in that game. So I would say Tim Jones had the best showing out of all the, all the receivers that are competing for the final spot on the roster or potentially the final spot on the roster. John says, is it just me or does Arnold look a little rough? I think he looks good. In practice, he looks good. He's out there. He's hustling. He's trying to make as many plays as he can. I think he looks fine. But, yeah, my biggest standouts are the defensive front with Roy Robertson-Harris, Devon Hamilton, and Foley Fatukasi. Trevor was a standout just in his ability to make plays all over the field. Uh, ETN stood out to me, even though it wasn't, it was a little up and down for ETN. He liked the explosiveness and all that. Um, Rayshon Jenkins, I have to mention him. He got in there with that forced fumble early in the game, and that was a huge play by him. He's been a really good overhang defender for the Jaguars. Even back last year, that was probably what he did best in the Jaguars defensive system in 2021. So using him in that role, I think, makes a lot of sense, and he got it going. All right, Patrick says, Willie Johnson had a great PFF grade despite being barely used. He says, I don't trust PFF grades, but I was pleased to see this one. So PFF grades, I, I don't care that much about the grades. I care about the stats that PFF provides. And looking at those grades without sitting down and evaluating the play of a specific player, I think is very meaningless. Uh, I just, I, I agree. I don't really trust the grades. I do trust the stats though. 
some of their key stats that they provide are very telling and they a lot of times confirm what I've seen on tape. Us and them says Arnold is also learning new things and working on them takes a little time to polish. Yeah. Zachary McKinnon says Dewey. I still think he's a good, great rotational player despite the hit. Yeah. He had a big, big performance yesterday. Um, big performance against the Browns. He's a guy that's a good backup. He's a good backup and a good special teams player. I have to admit it. Hopefully Trill Will's out there listening somewhere. Get a couple more comments in here and then roll out here soon. Those are all my standouts. Again, Roy Robertson-Harris, Devon Hamilton, Foley Fatukasi, Trevor Lawrence, Zay Jones, Chad Muma. Um, the pass pro, and the entire pass pro up front uh, with the ones. Talk about the twos. It didn't look as pretty, but we're here to talk about the standouts in a positive way. This is a positive episode of the show. Arden Key, Jameer Jones, Caleb on Chason, Tim Jones, Rayshon Jenkins, Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, all these guys were making big plays. I think, and and you have to mention Foye Aluakim just in his ability to get the defense organized and on the same page. You saw him out there. I don't think it's a coincidence that you saw the defense looking more comfortable. And and um, that's a credit to him. John says, I thought Arnold looked good last year before the injury. And a few times I've noticed he so far hasn't looked great is all. But glad it's not what actually happened in practice. Yeah, I think he's he's doing good as your number two pass catching tight end. Chandler says, sorry, I'm behind on the live stream, but if Shatley and Barch are as close as Peterson says, why not just go with the young guy and develop him? Chandler, that is a great question. And I tend to agree with you. However, this is Ben Barch's third year, right? He was a former fourth round pick. He and Tyler Shatley have the same contract situation. Both contracts are expiring following the 2023 season. So, um, you know, with Walker Little, a former second-round pick who looks like he has the talent and and maybe should have been a first-round pick, maybe would have been a first-round pick had he not missed a year with the ACL and then missed a year with the COVID situation in the Pac-12s. I think that... Um, not getting him in the game would be worse than not getting Ben Barch in the game because if you don't play Ben Barch, not a lot of teams are going to have a great book on him, although he has gotten into the starting lineup a lot through his first two years at right guard. I don't know. I I just I guess I would say at that and in that position, you would want Ben Barch to prove that he can can beat out Tyler Shatley, but you wouldn't want to give him the job without him beating out Tyler Shatley. Uh, I just don't think it's a high-value position in terms of... If you don't get Ben Barch on the field this year and you don't really get him that much on the field next year, are you really going to have to spend a lot of money to keep him around after his rookie contract expires? I don't think so. So I, I just think it... It's not that big of a deal, but would you want Tyler Shatley to beat out Ben Barch? Would you want your younger ascending player to beat out an older veteran? Yeah, I think you would. But I think whoever wins the job in the coach's eyes, that's fine. 
Zach is Wax says, appreciate the live show. I appreciate all y'all being here. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. Follow Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Hit that like and subscribe button if you're on YouTube. And today is the final day if you want to get in an order for our Duval trucker hat. Um, popular item on the site. You can go check it out, genjag.com slash shop. There's a link in the description below as well. John says, last season I would have said have Taylor move inside, but I think whoever doesn't start at right tackle should be the swing tackle out of Little or Taylor. So my opinion, I mentioned this earlier, I think if Little is your starting right tackle, Taylor is your backup right tackle. He doesn't have experience on the left side. So if you have an injury on the left side, Little switches over to the left side, Taylor goes in at right tackle. That's how I think they're going to play it. Zach is Wax says, the channel's starting to take off. Yes, it is. I appreciate y'all's support so much. I could not do this without you. But yeah, I'm very encouraged by Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Snoop Connor. Zay Jones has been making a lot of plays. Thought Tim Jones, amongst the receivers competing for the back end of the roster, had the best performance in this one. Thought J2 Fele made a couple splash plays. If you're looking down at at the at the depth at on defensive line, Adam Gotsis did as well. You love to see that from your um, rotational defensive lineman that you're going to have in there this year. Deshaun Dixon, need to bring him up. He was able to create pressure uh, in both preseason games. He's done a good job as an undrafted free agent in practice as well. That's a guy who they're going to try to keep around um, probably on the practice squad, and it might be difficult to keep him on the practice squad after teams watch what he did this preseason. But they're going to have to try to figure out how to keep him around because I think he's a player that's going to be in the NFL for a long time, Deshaun Dixon is. Jameer Jones has played well too. So they've got some depth, it looks like now, starting to build you know, along the edge and outside linebacker slash defensive end, which you love to see. All right. Jaguar man says, I got to say this was a fun offseason. Yeah, I think every offseason is fun. I'm always watching ball, so I'm excited to watch new football, live Jaguars football, instead of watching uh, what we've seen from 2020 and 2021 Jaguars. But, uh, yeah, I have a good time throughout the offseason watching college players, watching free agents. I'm always watching ball, but this was a fun offseason. It was a lot of drama around the league, less drama in Jacksonville, but plenty of action between the draft, the free agent signings, Doug Peterson coming in, Trevor Lawrence developing, all that fun stuff. Um, Zachary says, I got Jags at plus four for week one. I think you mean minus four, right? But very good. I'm leaning towards the Jaguars in week one as well. Do not like what I'm seeing out of Washington. Um, Don't like that they went out and decided that Carson Wentz was going to be their best path forward. Um, So, yeah, I'll take – I'm probably going to take the Jaguars in that one too. Us and Them says, Colin Coward said the experts say we are the team to watch out for. Yeah, if there's a team that's going to make a jump like – like the Bengals did last year. I think Jacksonville is the safest bet. 
Some people would probably point to Miami, but Miami has been a team that's been much higher in the uh, standings than the Jaguars have as of late. They've won a lot of football games over the last couple of years, even though, um, even though they did win a lot of games, they moved on from their head coach, which I think was a complete sham and nothing against McDaniels. I do like McDaniels a lot down there. They'll be interesting, but yeah, I think the Jaguars are a, if you want to go with the, you know, team that's going to make a jump from, from worst to first type of situation, the Jaguars are a fair, fair bet. I'm not saying I would predict them to do that, but I do think they'll show a lot of improvement. I'm not getting into my official predictions until we get a little closer to the regular season, but we are rapidly approaching it. Prediction time is coming up. Jaguar man says, I've been watching some baseball. I have not. I try to keep up with baseball every offseason, and I just get so damn bored. Um, Will says, 2021 is a tough season to watch. Yes, it is. Jesus is king says, how's Malcolm Brown and J2 Fella look so far? Just brought up J2 Fella. I think he looks really good. Um, he's He didn't look great last offseason, and he was a guy that hadn't played football in over a year. So you can kind of understand why he wouldn't quite be ready to compete at his highest level but he's a talented football player who um, had he not missed a season due to the COVID situation with the Pac-12 kind of botching that I think he would have easily been a day two pick in 2021 instead the Jaguars got him at the top of day three I think he's talented I think he's showing his talent and that's that's what you want to see Oh, Jesus is King. Thank you so much for the super chat. Says, thanks for keeping us updated. Really appreciate that, y'all. Means the world when y'all come in and, and show us the love here. Patrick says, Miami has themselves a great receiving room. They sure do. They're going to need Austin Jackson to step up. They're going to need the offensive line to step up. They brought in Teron Armstead, but I think there's some other questions there. So we'll see. Zach says, I was actually able to place the bet on plus four is what I meant. Not my own personal spread. Okay, very good. That's that's a very favorable spread. I'm with you there. I like that. All right, so that is going to wrap it up today. I really appreciate everyone for tuning in. Appreciate the super ta- chat, Jesus is King. And uh, just the support on this channel has been overwhelming for me. It really does mean a lot. But thank you so much for tuning in to our Jaguar standouts versus the Browns. Again, I'll just run through the ones that stood out to me the most. Roy Robertson-Harris, Devon Hamilton, Foley Fatukasi, Foye Aluik, and Chad Muma, Trevor Lawrence, Zay Jones, Travis Etienne, Arden Key, Jameer Jones, Caleb on Chason, and Tim Jones. Of course, Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker stood out, but they're standing out every practice and every freaking game. You'll love to see it from those two. All right, y'all, hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. Follow Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Make sure to hit the like and subscribe button on YouTube and check GenJag.com for all the latest Jaguars news, analysis, and Duval gear. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.